Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Are you ready? It's the Roundtable with me, Robert Bannon. Howdy, everybody, and welcome to another edition of The Roundtable. My name is Robert Bannon. I'm so happy you're joining me on the Broadway Podcast Network or watching us on YouTube. I take being an artist really seriously. I think that the cloak of an artist or the calling of an artist is something that is sometimes very diminished in pop culture and in society because it's, oh, he's an actor. Oh, he's a singer. Oh, he's a writer. But the work of an artist is to show truth, history, feelings, emotions, to tell stories as a storyteller. And in these times, we are living in some crazy times. I am sure the people who make Zoloft and Prozac and Effexor and all of them, Xanax, did I say that already? Maybe I did. Maybe I need to take some. Are making a ton of money because we're living in anxious times and in scary times. But humanity has survived through hard, scary times. And it is the job of the artist to make us never forget and to tell the stories. That's why Richard Topol is here talking to us about King of the Jews, which is playing to the middle of November. And this has never been a more important time to learn this story in this history. I wish us all a lot of peace and love, and I hope that you're taking care of yourself because it's very easy to forget that among scary times. Take care of you in your home and listen to us every single day on the Broadway Podcast Network and on YouTube. Let's go check out our guest for today, the incredible Richard Tobin. Well, in these crazy times, art really represents so much of humanity, and I am really excited to talk to our next guest. Actors, actor, I have seen him on stage. I have seen his work up close and personal, small spaces, Broadway spaces, and I am so excited to have him here to talk about King of the Jews, which is playing right now. Get your tickets here, Art Center. Get them while you can. It's a limited run, and it's something important that you need to see. Richard Topol, welcome to the show. Thank you, Robert Bannon. It is nice to be here. Oh my goodness! I, yeah. I want to say I see your shirt as we all stand in solidarity with yes. Aftra as SAG right. SAG members. You have done a lot of television and and film work, and we will be leaving that out of this conversation because we support actors and we support you know the work that they do that we all do. Congratulations on King of the Jews. Thank you, uh, thank you. It's really it's a really interesting piece of theater. I got to say. And it's really interesting to be doing it in the times that we're living in right now. Well, and that's what I was going to It's running till November 19th. And you can get your tickets at here.org. So you can get them and grab them right now. This is a, a, a book that has been changed into, into this production. Can you tell us about when you read it and what was your reaction to then being able to get it on its feet? I can. I actually didn't read the book because I was told that my character is the sort of sort of the main character in this story um, uh, was a lot different in the novel that that Leslie Epstein wrote about 40 years ago. Um, but he wrote it about this incredibly challenging time for Jews. It, you know, it takes place in the, be the beginning of World War II in Poland in the Lodge ghetto. And it's all about how um, the Jews were sort of enlisted by the Nazis and by the Pol Polish leadership to run the ghettos and to actually do, you know, be 
for want of a better word, kind of collaborators and do the dirty work that the Nazis uh, didn't want to have to do of running the ghetto and, and, and doing all kinds of things that you wouldn't ever want to have to do as a human being. So he wrote this novel about that. There, there's this character, this person, this real life guy that my character is based on, who was the head of the, they, they created councils in each of the ghettos to, to, to run them, right? And this guy was the head of the council for this ghetto. And he was renowned for running an incredibly fiercely tight ship kind of ghetto such that they became the, 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 the they ended up um, providing, making the, the boots, the uniforms, the caps for the Nazis, for the soldiers, right? And so they became indispensable so that many, the, the Jews in that ghetto were, were some of the last Jews who were sent to the concentration camps because the Nazis were like, no, no, we, we need them. We need these Jews to, 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 do, to do this. And, and this guy, in it, it, the story, um, I don't know if it's apocryphal or, or if Leslie just, uh, the writer just, uh, I don't know how he learned about it, but the story that he told us was that when the, finally towards the, if, if the war had ended a year earlier, he would, this guy would have been a hero. He would have been, um, there would have been statues. He would have been like, like a Schindler, you know, he saved tens of thousands of Jews, but because the war went on for another year, that, that the ghetto ended up being for want of a better word, liquidated. And when this guy, arrived in the concentration camp, he was beaten to death and torn limb from limb by the Jews because they hated him so much for what, for how he ran the ghetto, right? That, so that's the story that he told us it, um, about what interested him in writing this book and then turning it. And then, and then 25 years later, he turned it into this play, which is what I read. And I read the play and I was like, Oh, this, this, character is insanely interesting because he's like he's a doctor he's a doctor who ran an orphanage he saved the lives of children he he was he was instrumental in saving the lives of so many jews and then he became this kind of ego maniacal sort of tyrannical monster who um who i guess enjoyed the power of being in charge of all these people and and um so anyway, so the, so so uh, I was gonna read the book, and then people said to me, "Oh no, no, no!" In the book, he's so much, he's so much nicer, he's so much more, uh, he's so much kinder. He, and, and I thought, "Oh, I, I, if I read the book, I'm either gonna come into rehearsal and say, "Wait, Leslie, you've written, you wrote this guy in one version and this guy in another version," and frankly, uh, you know, I want more of this guy in here. And and so so I didn't I never read the book I have it sitting on my night table waiting to read after we close. Got it. Yeah. Well, it sounds pretty as an as a nerdy actor that I am. Pretty heavy, heavy material, heavy stage play. You know, we're dealing with a very, very big, heavy subject matter. What do you do as an actor when you get the script to kind of find your way through this and then put it away at the end of the show and go back to your real life? Well, I was just, was just joking with my wife last night. It's like, you know, 
um, uh, she's like, oh yeah, I can't wait for the show to be over for you to be a nicer person because it is, it is crazy how the, the intensity, if you're trying to, if you're really committing to telling this kind of story and I've, I mean, in my life, I have uh, done many a Holocaust play and many that have been very complicated. You know, I did a play called the gray zone by Tim Blake Nelson that was about the Jews who ran the concentration camps and how they, at the same time that they were doing things like shoveling the, the ashes out of the chambers, were plotting to blow up the concentration camp. It's also based on a, a real life uh, story. And so, you know, I've, I've, done, I've done enough of these in my life to know how to, both how to handle them and what they are, right? I'm Jewish. I, I like to say I'm Jewish. Uh, but actually when I do a play like this, I feel more of my Jewishness uh, come to the fore and I feel like I'm doing a mitzvah. Like it's like, it's important to, to you know, so much of the Jewish identity and the Jewish culture and the J Jewish storytelling is about remembering and telling stories over and over again so that we remember and that we look at them in different lights based on where we are in history. But so it feels important and the right thing to do to tell, but it is, um, really difficult to do we at a certain point in the rehearsal we're like you know we need to we need to um have a moment when we start rehearsal where we just like hey we're just all we're just all actors we're just all living here in new york we're having you know, it was it happened after october 7th right before we were in rehearsal for a couple of weeks and then that happened and it just sort of changed the way everybody felt about working on this piece of theater and so like we need to take a couple minutes at the beginning of the day and a couple minutes at the end of the day to just be like okay hey we're all here just we're just telling a story we're just doing a play we're telling a story a lot of crazy stuff happens some of it is very funny i mean there's actually leslie has written a piece that is part part vaudeville part sort of beckett part Durnmott, part um ionesco there's some crate there's craziness that's also fun but there's also a lot of darkness that is really brutal and so we try to take the time to sort of compress and then decompress. And yes. actually, I live near the theater. I live in the East Village, and the and the show is at here on Sixth uh, Avenue and Spring Street. Um, come see us. And I bike. I bike home. And as I as I'm pedaling, I just sort of try to sort of spin those wheels and release yes. some of that stuff. Here.org. Here.org is tickets are available and you can grab them. That is a really well. You, you, I have to get down there and see it because I, I want to see this work put into place. You, you know, in the past, I, I think the first piece that I specifically remember seeing you in was was indecent, and uh, I went to see indecent over, woo, yeah, uh, at the Vineyard, and then moved on to Broadway and saw it twice. And um, I had no idea what I was walking into before I sat down and saw it. And I was in the middle of acting school at the time at William Esper doing Meisner Conservatory. And I was like, this is work. This is the work. This is what it's like. You have worked with some of the greatest playwrights like, like Paula Vogel, like, you know, and worked with actors like Al Pacino or Daniel Day-Lewis, et cetera. When you are on set or working with the words of playwrights that are legendary and esteemed, do you, how do you not let it intimidate you? Is it always just get back to the word, get back to the work? Um, is the trick and then i'm stealing it going on to a big giant career yeah, with your like, I, like i don't I, I if i got the job 
usually it's because I connected to the material, right? And I found something like with Paula, I mean, with, with Indecent was a perfect example. I like, I read the play and I was like, I don't know how this play works. I, it's, I can't make sense of it. And, you know, there's 58 scenes in there. Are they speaking Yiddish? Are they speaking Polish? Are they speaking English? Are, you know, who is who? Oh, this character is now playing this character. But Lemel, that guy, you know, I read his story and I was like, I understand this story. I understand this guy. I can tell his story. And so, you know, so I, I, I mean, there, let, let me be clear. When I was, uh, when we were rehearsing Merchant of Venice with Al Pacino and I was playing the other Jew in the play, Tubal, I was like, okay, he's one of my all time heroes. I'm totally intimidated, but and I'm scared shitless. But I'm also like, this is the dream, it's a dream come true. You know, with Paula, with, with so many other people that I've worked with, with great directors, this is the same thing. You know, it's like, okay, this, um, this makes me want to be as good as I can be. I mean, I, rem I remember the first take of the first scene that, that I got to be in in Lincoln with Daniel Day-Lewis. And it was an eight-page Tony Kushner. It was written by Tony Kushner. It was a beautifully written uh, film. And um, it was like an eight-page scene, which you, you never have eight-page scenes in films. But, you know, Tony wrote it. So, um, so it was going to be long and a, lot, and a lot of words. And it was this epic scene of big... Uh, um, uh, meeting between uh, Lincoln and all of his all of his secretaries of state and and, and you know I would play the attorney general and um, we did a take of it and it was a we did a master so it was the whole scene and at the end of that take which lasted about six six minutes or so Daniel Day Lewis was so brilliant this was like the third day of filming nine a.m. amazing really challenging scene and he was great and everybody else in the room sort of there were like 10 of us 12 of us in the room everybody sort of looked down and was like oh shit the bar that has been set is like here and like i don't want to be the guy who's here so you know i i i don't look at it so much as being intimidated but as being inspired by greatness i've had the great pleasure to work with so many great actors and so many great writers and directors and um, they just make me better. I just feel like, okay, this is the opportunity. Like, as you say, to like, oh, I'm going to learn, I'm going to learn how to be as good as they are. And, you know, you, you never get to be as good as they are, but, but, but you yeah. head in that direction at least. <laughs> I, I think you sure do. I think you are. And I'm sure that the actors you're working with right now on this piece are thinking the same way. And what a joy and honor it is to be able to work with you um, because it's a body. Yeah. No, I, I, I swear, I, I, I lied. I did not see the first show. I did see you and was not indecent. It was definitely Julius Caesar, and uh, even the dog, even my dog, has seen it. Nice. <laughs> when, when you pick a piece, when you get a script or, or you audition or self tape or you go in or someone thinks of you for a role, what, what, what do you look for that makes it? Is it, is it character work? Is it the story? Is it your mood? What, what? How do you figure out what's next? Well, sometimes it's like, oh, I did that. I don't want to do that again, right? I just did that. I don't want to do that. Um, and sometimes it's, I can't not tell this story. I, 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 I want to be part of telling the story. I mean, one of the plays that I read. So that's how, like, that's how I felt about the role in Indecent. I want to tell this guy's story. I didn't know. I didn't understand the whole story. And it took us a long time to figure that out. And Rebecca Tashman, to her great credit and, and brilliance, uh, figured out a way to tell that story in a way that was amazing. Um, but, you know, like when I read uh, uh, Prayer for the French Republic by Josh Harmon that I got to do last year at Manhattan Theater Club, I was like, oh, this is a great play. I want to, 
I I want to be in this play no matter what. It, this is a astounding story. Um, this is important to tell now. Sometimes it's like, oh God, I can't. Like after this play, I'm a, I, right after Thanksgiving, I go into rehearsal for a play called Our Class, which is going to be at BAM in January and February, and that is another uh, Holocaust story about a village of uh, in Poland, and it's about a class of like ten. Um, students who grow up together half of them are catholic half of them are jewish and and i thought okay um this I, I have to tell this story and the way the way this so so like this one is like the structure of the way the power class is told is really really interesting to me this character Goderman that i play in king of the jews i was like this i don't people don't you know people don't see me as this as this kind of guy too often so i um, I jumped at the opportunity. You know, it's like he's so like if he if he met Lemel, he'd be like, "Got it." You know, get rid of him. Um, you know, he's so much darker and so much crueler and so much. Uh, there's like no there's there's uh, the only love that he has in the in the world. Got him. This guy I'm playing now is for himself. Whereas Lemel, you know, the only love that he had in the world was for everybody else and was for this beautiful play that he wanted to protect and, and keep alive. So, well, there, that, if you're an aspiring actor right now, my, my actors, musical theater students, he just gave you a big clue right there. There's that, that objective work. There's that where he's that his love, what he's looking for. And you could play right off of that. Um, I'm so honored to have had the chance to talk to you. Who should come see because I, I'm, I'm a big fan of your work. Who should come see King of the Jews? Who's this show for? That's a good question. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, I was saying this uh, yesterday when we were, we had a little session for our class and I was like, you know, I've done a lot of Holocaust plays and it feels like they're like, oh, well, how do you, you know, like people know what they're in for. So people tend to self-select who to want to hear a story like that. Um, I mean, it's definitely, it's definitely for the Jews. There's no doubt about that. But it's also for, I mean, it's, it's a really cool, it's like the design of the show and the way that it's presented is really cool. It's, it's very immersive. It takes place in a, in a cafe, the whole play takes place in a cafe and, and the here theater is set up like a cafe. So you're sitting at cafe tables or at banquettes right around us. So it's very um, immersive without being participatory. Uh, but so it's a great I mean, it's a really interesting piece of theater in that way to experience, you know, it's not, there's not a proscenium, you're not far away. It's just there. It's just, so people who really love theater, it's a really tasty, uh, different version of experiencing a story like this. Um, I'm going to say, I don't know, is there, is there like a big fan club for the Ionesco, Beckett, Durenmott, uh <laughs> Um, uh, Sartre, no exit. Like you know, like like people who want a, a a good meal to chew on. This is not a snack, right? And this is not a dance party. This is not champagne. You know, it's right. not a musical. There is some great singing, and there's a band. There's a fabulous band that plays because it's a cafe that has singers and music. So there there's a fabulous band that plays for the first half hour before, and then the first ten minutes of the show. Um, but it's not you know, it's not noises off. Right. If you're going to see Noises Off, see it in three weeks. See it at, as a palate cleanser for King of the Jews, which you know is a very it's a serious piece of, of drama uh, that asks us to, to ask us to hold on to the question of like what do human beings do when they're put in inhuman situations? 
right? Mm -hmm. So people who are thinking about like the world, I mean, like the world that we're living in now is horrifically disturbing. What's happening, I mean, my people are from Ukraine, what's happening, what's been happening in Ukraine, what's happening in Israel and, and Gaza right now. So wrestling with the complicated uh, issue of like, wait, what it, what is the right thing to do when your people are being murdered? W what is the right thing to do when you are being asked to participate in uh, um, the systematic destruction of a people? Whether like you're an Israeli soldier right now, whether you're a Ukrainian uh, teenager, whether you're a Palestinian um, in Gaza. I mean, like, like, so the, 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 the depth of the, that disturbing question, which is, which is real and live in the world that we live in right now. Uh, it's a piece of theater for people who like to chew on stuff like that. Yeah. Well, if you love art and you are love the world and you want to know a little piece of humanity, good, bad, and all, all, all of it, and you want to see an actor of an act being an artist is a noble profession because you get to teach us about the past, the future, and what we're going through right now, then you need to get yourself over, go to here.org and get your tickets. Make sure you only have until the middle of this month of November. So you yeah, right. We close. We close next Saturday. So that's, I don't know what that is. I think it's the, the 17th. So go, go on and, and, and grab your tickets. King of the Jews is playing right now. Thank you, Richard. It is such an honor to talk to you and I can't wait to see it. And I can't wait to it's see what other great works you have uh, and you will be, will be rooting and cheering you on. Thank you, Robert. I really appreciate it. Woo. That is an actor's actor right there. That is someone who does not play. And what a joy and honor it was to chat with him. What a joy and an honor it is to spend every single day with you. And thank you for being a fan, fellow watcher, and friend to the roundtable where artists come to talk about art. I'm so happy and honored to be a part of the Broadway Podcast Network and to have my own channel here on YouTube. I hope you'll follow us. I hope you'll go to robertbannon.com to see me coming to your neck of the woods. I'll be doing a big old Christmas show in December. And you can stream my brand new album called Rewind, wherever music is heard if you're a fan you can just come here and say, hey, send us a little message, you know, say what's up, you know, stream, share, like, comment, whatever the young kids are doing. I hope to see you again next time. We have some really great shows and every Thursday we're live on YouTube with a brand new show. So come join us this Thursday. Till next time, everybody. The best is yet to come. Take care of yourself. Good night. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot -E 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 org because only together we rise.